0: Hello and welcome to the Groovy Writer Podcast, where we explore how to find your writing groove regardless of your circumstances. I'm your host, author and MFA instructor, Nicole McGinnis. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We have a lot of ground to cover today, so I want to jump right into it. As many writers of a certain age especially know, if you persist and stick with writing for long enough, it's very likely that your writing habits, your routines, and even your general writing groove will tend to shift and change at some point. Maybe even at many points, just due to life circumstances. Here's the thing, and here's the subject of today's episode. Knowing how to roll with the punches and deal with the curveballs that life can really throw at us can mean the difference between sticking with writing for the long term, i.e., your entire life, or frankly abandoning it somewhere along the way, often in frustration and discouragement. When we understand that our writing routine and even our writing goals will likely change at different points along the lifelong journey of being a writer, we can, I believe, more often than not navigate those changes in a more graceful and a more open-minded way. In order to do this, I think it's important to start by first defining your own current Writing groove, your own current situation. This might largely be based on where you are in life, how old you are, whether or not you're in school, whether or not you're a parent or a caretaker of other people, what sorts of responsibilities you have, etc. So, as you listen, I encourage you to define your current writing groove in as much detail as possible. Then, you might ask yourself a few questions, such as, what's great about my current writing groove? What's challenging about it? And finally, what, if anything, can I do about those challenges? Again, seeking the answers to these questions can, in my opinion, and in my experience, empower us to deal with whatever phase, whatever writing groove might come next for us, whether we see it coming or not. And often, we don't. So the first question, what's great about my riding groove is one I try to revisit often, especially during those times when I'm feeling a little, maybe a little grousey and grumpy and dissatisfied with my current riding groove. I have learned that no matter where I am in life in general, if I dig deep enough, there's always something to be grateful for. This can sound like a cliche, but I will tell you, especially during the more difficult times, it can be incredibly helpful to focus on remembering the ways in which we as writers are very lucky to be the scribes of this world, even if we're not scribing quite as much as we'd like to. Asking myself the second question about what's currently posing the biggest challenge often will lead me to address the third question, which is very key. What can I do about it? Sometimes depending on the current groove, you're in, there's honestly not a whole lot we can do other than to wait for a certain phase to resolve itself, certain issues, certain problems to resolve themselves. But even if we can only make small positive changes for the time being, I do believe that having a sense of agency as writers, especially when life does not seem particularly interested in whether we write a single word or not, is very important. Now, there's obviously so much that can be said about any phase of a writer's life. And clearly there are as many different phases when it comes down to the specifics as there are writers. But what I wanna do here is to at least touch on some of the major phases or grooves, which seem to be pretty typical, pretty common for all kinds of writers. I base this on not just my own experience, but my decades of work with writers in academic settings, including my current MFA students. So first, there's so often the high school writing groove. For many of us, the high school years are when we first got a taste of what it's like to have a writing groove. Maybe our writing for an English class, for instance, received repeated praise from a respected teacher from our peers if we had to share that work with others. This was absolutely the case for me. I was, like many writers, incredibly fortunate to have some absolutely amazing English teachers, really starting in grade school, but especially from, I would say, eighth grade through high school. I was just unbelievably lucky. Not only were so many of those teachers lovers of the written word, but they were just fantastically gifted teachers, period. As we know, those are two different things. Many people love reading, many people love writing, but to be able to teach is truly a gift. And I don't know what happened where all those great teachers were concentrated in my schools, but boy, I was the beneficiary of their wonderful teaching skills. Not only did several of those teachers encourage me to keep writing after high school, but they typically offered constructive feedback that really helped me to start understanding my own style, my own voice, much better than I would otherwise have understood it as a budding writer. Now, what I have seen in my own experience, in my kids' experience, in my students' experience, is that one of the biggest challenges for, I would say most teen writers who really have kind of caught the writing bug, they think they wanna keep doing this after high school, one of the biggest challenges is the general mayhem that Can define this time of life. I remember thinking a lot about high school ending, while also thinking about the great unknown future that stretched out before me. I was pulled in many different directions during this major transition, and I have seen this pattern repeated with high school kids over the years, over the decades. So even though at the time I knew I loved to write, and apparently, according to my teachers, had some talent for it, it was very easy for the writing to get lost in the shuffle during those years, especially during senior year. I have a senior, a high school senior at home now. And if we just think about all that has gone on for these young adults in the past year, we can just add that on to the already existing occasional mayhem and chaos and angst of that time. So it's tough. And I think what you can do if you are a young writer who is in this position or is soon to be in this position I think the best thing you can do is try to stay focused on the writing at some level while also being really kind to yourself, especially in this current age of largely involuntary online school. For many, not all, but many, um, it's important to be gentle, but stay focused on the writing when you can and read a lot. Seriously, what helped me create and maintain a writing groove while I was still in high school were assignments that required me to do both of those things, homework. So homework may be really annoying, but it can also be great for helping us to maintain focus. Another thing that tended to pull me away from the writing quite a bit was just trying in those last months of high school to maintain some semblance of a respectable GPA while struggling with a severe case of senioritis. So I don't blame any high school junior or senior for checking out a bit. But I will say again, having regular writing assignments, knowing those teachers, especially the ones I really respected, would actually be reading those assignments rather than just rubber stamping them, helped to keep me accountable. And it frankly made me wanna live up to their expectations. So that was really helpful for me. I do realize though, we're living in a very different time now. So often for these young writers, college happens. Again, it's not, for everyone. Not every writer goes to college, of course, but it's a fairly typical path. And in my case, I had some phenomenal professors, several of whom were also well-known writers and scholars. So the bar was definitely raised, in my opinion, during those undergraduate years at a large university. College was where I experienced my first writing workshop situation, for instance, and I am here to say that it was initially completely terrifying. I think this was because I was no longer just writing for the teachers I respected. Now I was also writing for peers, and those peers were letting me know what they thought about the writing. Usually the critiques were pretty constructive, but not always. So I teach workshops regularly now, and I love it, but I'm always reminded of how nerve-wracking they can be for the students, especially those first-year students. So as a result of some of the hesitation I felt about sharing my work and the terror initially, I, I learned to love it. But initially, there was some hesitation. And as a result, during this period of time, one of the biggest challenges I faced, where my writing groove was concerned was self confidence, what helped me to overcome that issue, which again, I think is very common for many writers, perhaps most specifically younger writers, but not always. So what helped me to overcome that was again, having excellent teachers along with some very insightful peers who really did help me improve my writing. And frankly, this was the case even when the process was a bit uncomfortable in those workshops. So on to another common phase. And no, this episode is not strictly about writing in an academic setting, but these are some common benchmark phases that many writers go through. So some undergraduate writers love the initial workshop scene that they've experienced as an undergrad so much that they go on to grad school. I was one of those. And while I definitely do not believe it's necessary for anyone who wants to be a quote unquote, serious writer to do this, I will say that graduate school really can be a focused, concentrated time to establish one's writing groove. It's also a place where it tends to be very easy to build a robust community of other writers who get it. They get what it means to try to be a writer. In my experience, this community aspect is just as true for online graduate writing programs as it is for the traditional brick and mortar programs, such as the one I attended. I now teach in a popular online MFA program and many of my students attest to this community aspect. So being part of a creative writing program can be in some ways, like being cocooned with like minded folks who are there to help you improve your skills, just as you are there to help them improve theirs. Meeting the challenges that come with Developing this writing groove can come very naturally in this situation because you really do feel, I really did feel, and I hear this from my students all the time you really feel like there is a community, not just of your peers, but of your instructors, the administration. Writing programs can be very special places. Again, not for everyone. My biggest challenge during those graduate school years, as much as I loved being in graduate school, was the fact that I was also working during that time. I taught freshman composition to pay my way through graduate school. And as an early 20-something, there was a real learning curve involved in figuring out how to balance all of the teaching and grading I needed to do with the writing I wanted and needed to do for my own studies. That, by the way, is a balance I see many of my students trying to strike. So I think that work-writing balance is a very universal thing for writers, whether or not one is in a graduate program. Many serious writers support the writing with a parallel non-writing career or different careers over the years. Something I also dealt with during this time, and something that many writers deal with, is what I will call the competing interest writing groove. Having a non-writing career, having a major hobby or other interest that isn't directly related to the writing is another thing that's very common among writers. In my case, I owned horses for more than 30 years, so horse life and riding life often ran parallel and intertwined quite a bit. This was true from the beginning of my undergraduate years until very recently, when I sadly lost my last elderly horse. The biggest challenge to my riding groove during the years when I was most involved with equestrian life was the fact that my time was split. It was split between working with my own horses, training other people's horses, teaching riding lessons, add in my postgraduate school teaching career and parenting my kids when the time came for me to have kids, and things were stretched pretty thin for many years. That was a choice, however, that was my choice to have all of those things going on. And I will say that I did find that the physical effort involved in being around horses and doing all of those horse-related activities ultimately had a very positive effect on my writing. You've probably, if you've listened to other episodes, you've heard me talk about what I see as the very important connection between physical activity, being out in nature, going hiking, riding your bike, running, whatever your your thing is, I see it as having a very, very important connection to the writing writing can be very sedentary, very solitary, when we can get outside and get active. I have never had it not influence my writing in a positive way. And that was definitely true for the three decades during which I had horses. Many writers I know, including my students, have major hobbies and other interests outside of writing. So this is kind of a tricky one to talk about in terms of those non-writing interests being problematic. I do think it's important to have something to balance out, as I said, the solitude and the mental effort, the mental focus that's involved in being a serious writer whenever we can. Hopefully, it's something that does positively influence the writing, even if it paradoxically also takes some time away from it. Personally, I think the biggest trick in protecting the writing groove in this case is to figure out, yet again, how to prioritize all of the competing interests and responsibilities in such a way that the writing not only doesn't suffer, but is actually enhanced. Because let's face it, there are only so many hours in a day. Some writers are lucky if they can carve out 10 minutes here and there to get a few sentences down, which coincidentally brings us to the parenting writing groove. <sighs> Becoming a parent for the first time is exhilarating and fabulous and wonderful. And it is also definitely one of those phases of life when there is just not a lot of wiggle room. It can be an amazing experience in so many ways, but becoming a parent can also be an enormous all-encompassing challenge for anyone who's trying to prioritize writing at the same time. I think this is especially true with that first new baby, when the learning curve of parenting for many is pretty steep and pretty intense. Not only are newborns 100% dependent on their caretakers, but oh, the mental fog resulting from the chronic sleep deprivation from being that caretaker or one of those caretakers. It's real, y'all. I remember it well. So what's a dedicated writer who's also a new parent to do? Honestly, as far as I'm concerned, those first months go by so quickly with a new baby that I don't even necessarily encourage new moms and dads to try to even keep a writing groove going during this time at all. So if you're in the parenting writing groove right now, especially with, with really little kids and You can occasionally scribble out some notes while the kids are sleeping. I'm here to tell you, you are way ahead of the game. And if you just don't have the mental capacity to do even a small amount of scribbling of notes, please cut yourself some slack, get some sleep. In my experience with my own two kids, it really was true. That thing that new parents so often hear that the older and more independent the kids get, the more time you're going to have for other things. This was definitely, in general, true for me. The older and more independent my kids became as they grew, the more I had time to start getting back into my writing groove. Arguably, trying to maintain any kind of sustainable writing routine while also trying to be a fully present parent is challenging no matter how old kids are, but I do firmly believe that it gets easier and more intuitive also as the years go by. And hey, once you have a teenager and your baby is much more independent, you might even find yourself pining a bit for those years when tending to their needs, conflicted with your own need to write. You never know. So moving on to another time of life that can be particularly challenging for any writer... Let's talk about what I will call the health challenges writing group. This is something I've been through in the past and that many of my students have either been through or are currently going through. My students range in age, typically from their 20s through their 70s. So it's not uncommon during different times of life for health issues to pop up, some of these being chronic, unfortunately. If you are one of these writers, especially those who is dealing with any kind of chronic illness, let me just say that my hat is utterly off to you. What I have learned from the writers I've known over the decades who deal with chronic illness, but who are at the same time determined to create and maintain a writing groove is this, there's no single tidy answer to the question of how to maintain and protect a consistent writing groove in this situation. I think mainly this is true because every health situation is different. But at the same time, there does seem to be at least one common theme that I've heard from these writers, and that is this, there will be good days, and there will be not so good days. A common piece of advice I've seen is one that I actually think can be applied to pretty much any writer, but that's especially important for those whose health is compromised in some way. Write when you can, be kind but firm, both with yourself and with other people hopefully you have people who support you. And I do think it's very important and have heard this from these writers that seeking support and rest when needed is crucial. Basically, for all of us, there's a lot to be said for treating ourselves not just as word output machines, but as actual human beings with different needs, depending on our current circumstances. As I said at the beginning of this episode, there's really so much that can be said about any single phase in a writer's life. My goal here was to touch on some of the most common ones I see writers going through and that I've gone through myself. So I hope this general exploration of some of these grooves, some of these life phases has been helpful. And that brings us to the daily groove. Today's daily groove comes to us from Floyd, you know, that Muppet bass player in the church-dwelling band, The Electric Mayhem, for those of you who were Muppet fans back in the day. Anyway, Floyd famously said about his sax-playing bandmate, "Uh uh-oh, Zoot skipped a groove again. I have always loved this quote, and I especially love it when it comes to talking about writing grooves, because it really serves as a great reminder for all writers, in all probability, If we haven't yet skipped to a new groove in our writing lives, we'll likely be skipping to one at some point in the future, whether we expect it or not. In fact, in not too many months from now, I myself will be skipping to a new writing groove, the empty nester writing groove. I approach it, I will tell you honestly, with both trepidation and excitement. And no doubt I'll have a lot to say about how it's going in a future episode. That's going to just about wrap things up for today. Thanks for being here, and take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Groovy Writer podcast. You can connect with the podcast on my website at NicoleMcInnis.com and on Instagram at TheGroovyWriter. The intro and outro music is Retro by Wayne Jones. Until next time, right on, Groovy Writers, right ride on.